Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions right here on SportsGrid. It's a Friday night, and I'm your host, Kevin Walsh. Busted out the salmon for a tangy evening because it is a loaded Friday night here on Game Time Decisions. We have ranked rank action in college football in the Pac-12 with Oregon State hosting Utah. That is one of four college football games on this slate. The hunt for October, Major League Baseball, the final weekend in the American League and the National League. A lot to play for. We will set all of that up. Plus an eye towards the weekend slates for both college football and in the National Football League. But let's get this thing underway. Let's start with Thursday night and the fallout from that football game where the Detroit Lions handled their business in a major way. A 3-0 lead for Green Bay was soon forgotten. Detroit finishes 34-20. They were up by three scores in the first half of this football game. And they never looked back. Green Bay for... A moment looked like maybe they could apply some pressure in the second half of this game, but all for not. Detroit had too much already working in their favor. They were brilliant in the first half. In terms of some bets, look, the touchdowns worked out. Musgrave gets injured with a concussion. The unfortunate reality is the Detroit Lions do not care where they drafted Jameer Gibbs. Tried to get involved with the receiving game. He finished with a negative five yards in the second half catching. Three rushing touchdowns for Detroit, all of those going to David Montgomery, who had 30 carries in this game. And by the way, because yes, I am still annoyed about this, for the people saying, aha, we told you that they would use Montgomery. Listen, you ended up being right, but it doesn't mean it's the right decision by Detroit. Montgomery averaged 3.8 yards per carry in that game. Gibbs, five. It's fine. The Lions can continue to use the lesser back all they want. And again, it's worked out in their favor up until this point. But the thing for the Lions is our radio audience is in the fold here on <laughs> a Friday night. Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 159. Kevin Walsh, this is Game Time Decisions. The expectations for the Lions are shifting. Minus 220. Last night, plus 100 to win this division. That's what the head-to-head win does. Three and one. You go beneath them. Now that win in Green Bay pushes them to 2-2, two and two, a combined 0-6 at the bottom of that division between Minnesota and Chicago. So for Detroit, the question now becomes, can they make a deep playoff run underneath 10-1 to 1 to win the NFC? Are Lions Super Bowl futures, NFC futures maybe, are those the type of numbers that you want to start to activate on for me? Still can't see it. I thought their win total made sense towards the over. If you bet them in the division, of course you feel good about it. But when we're talking about carrying this ticket across the finish line, I'm not getting there on Goff. If you bought preseason, you likely bought a great number, but I'm not buying anymore. Let's go to college football. It's a big game tonight. We're going to talk about the side here during quick pick, but just to set up the ramifications of it all, Oregon State, Utah, the Beavs at home in Corvallis, are favored in this game, three and a half, four. Depends where you look. This total is 44 and a half. Cam Rising is likely still going to be out. Now, the reason I say likely is because Utah leaves nothing to a certainty as it pertains to their quarterback position. Cam Rising dressed last week against UCLA. 
That line was shifting all Saturday long when the Utes were playing host to the UCLA Bruins. Cam Rising didn't play a snap. So now we get into this game here against Oregon State, and the latest Cam Rising rumors are he might not play a snap all season for Utah. Red shirt and run it back in 2024. But Utah so wild, there's a chance Cam Rising steps in to this game. On the other side, it's DJ Uyunglele, who did not have himself a good enough performance against Washington State. The Bees are coming off of a loss as a favorite on the road against what is now an unbeaten Wazoo team. Oregon State looked intriguing for a lot of people in the outright market. Inside that Pac-12, a loss tonight likely crushes those dreams. A must-win matchup. I'm betting aside. I'll tell you about that in quick pick in just a minute. But I do want to talk Major League Baseball. Arguably your game of the night because it features both wild card races, but there's a couple of games that you're going to have to keep your eyes peeled on. Arizona at home against the Houston Astros. You see the Diamondbacks a favorite. It is because their ace is on the mound tonight, and Zach Gallen, he goes up of J.P. France for the Houston Astros. Totals nine and a half. Was talking with Donnie Wrightside earlier today on Moneyline. Donnie tells me he loves the Arizona Diamondbacks. I bring that up because, again, for my money, the best baseball capper in the business is Donnie Wrightside. So I deliver that information to you in case you missed it while he was crushing it on the early line or with myself on Moneyline. And if Arizona wins, that very, you know, that's going to strengthen their position as they try and secure their spot as one of three wildcard teams in the National League. But that means the Astros will all of a sudden need help from the Texas Rangers tonight, who once again are in Seattle. The Mariners, once again, the favorite. It's Wu Evaldi on the mound. Slight favorite number at the moment on Seattle. I thought Texas popped a little bit there with Ivaldi. I thought that Ivaldi, I feel Ivaldi's the better pitcher. Hitter pitcher history does not shine favorably on Wu against this Texas lineup. But if favorites hold, Arizona wins, Seattle wins, Astros on the outside looking in. That's the way this goes. And I, I, I've, I've said it all week, and I will continue to say it, and we will reassess it most likely on Monday. You know, if not... And I'll let people know over the weekend. You can find me on Twitter at the Kevin Walsh. As someone that has is holding a piece of Minnesota at plus 950, I love to get. I, I would. I feel I have the ability to get back in. It's a big number, right? Who is the team? I'm not betting the Astros if they're not going to be there. When is the time to get in? That is the stuff we have to figure out. We still also have ourselves a big series for the Toronto Blue Jays tonight as they play the Tampa Bay Rays. In Toronto, I'm on that game. We'll talk about that in just a couple of moments here on the show. I'll run through the card here at 712. Don't want to make you wait all day for it. That's a big game. But let's get to the quick pick here. You need a side tonight. I think it's Utah. You can find four, get four. It makes a difference, right? Seven, three is four. We can push off that. Don't let anybody tell you there's no difference between three and a half and four. I think the Utes can win this football game, though. The reality for Utah is they have been without Cam Rising so far all season. And they have wins against legit squads. UCLA was ranked heading into that matchup against Utah. Florida is a ranked football team. While Baylor is an absolute mess, that was still a road win against a Power 5 opponent. Weber State's Weber State. And I know that I've been talking down on Utah on college football today a lot. Maybe I'll end up wrong. I don't think their defense is one of the best in college football. But it's been pretty darn good. And I think it's going to be able to pick on DJU tonight in this matchup. And here's the important thing. Utah's owned this series. They've won six of the last seven. Last year, they won 42-16. Here's why I bring up last year, though. Fenwick and Martinez were the key to the show last year for Oregon State. They combined for 67 yards on 20 attempts against Utah. I think it's going to be a tough night for Oregon State to try to run this football, which is going to put the pressure on DJU. And that means advantage Utah, plus harder to cover numbers in that kind of game. We'll go through the full rundown next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? 
if you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Live right here on Game Time Decisions. I'm your host, Kevin Walsh. It's a Friday night on Sports Grid. We've got a great college football slate to go to. I'm going to go a little out of order. I'm going to start with the best game tonight, reemphasize this Utah-Oregon State matchup, and then we'll go through the other games. Spoiler, UTEP-La Tech, I'm not on that game. Question marks around Hank Bachmeyer's status, but we do have an even line here. We'll set that up in a minute. But, again, Utah-Oregon State is a big one. It looks like the four and a halfs are now popping everywhere. We have some three and a halfs out there. I'm a little frustrated then to own a four when a four and a half is out there because, as I said, just to keep it very simple, seven three is a push. The seven three turns into a winner. So if you've not bought yet by now, you're getting four and a half. If I told you Cam Rising was playing in this football game, what's your spread? What's your, what's your number? It's Utes laying three on the road. If not more. And I'm not saying that Cam Rising isn't valuable. Cam Rising is better than Nate Johnson, who goes tonight for Utah. But this is a team that's learned to win without Cam Rising. We've already done it four times this season. And again, their game last week against UCLA, while the offense did not move the football in a major way, I think they played a far more talented offense in UCLA. Location flipping, no questions about it. But that is a great rush attack that UCLA has at their side. When, when you think about Harden and Steele, those two backs have been brilliant for UCLA on the season. They couldn't get a thing going last week against Utah. Both had 11 carries and turned that into just 60 yards total. So 22 for 60, which as I mentioned, very reminiscent of what happened last year to Fenwick and Martinez up against this Utah team. Different location, different quarterback, a little more experience, a little bit better Oregon State. I understand. I understand all of that. But I'm not even asking Utah to win outright. I'm asking the Utes team, who's not lost yet, to hang here with Oregon State. For example, when they played last year, and I know the expectations were different, but in Utah, this was Utah minus 10 and a half. We've now flipped around and you're laying four and a half with the Beavers? No way, not for me. I think Utah's the side here tonight. And truly, I might buy four and a half again in this football game, truly too. I, and I'm not banking on this, but the world where Cam Rising takes the field is not going to be the most stunning thing that's ever happened to me. Truly, it's not. That's just who Utah is. Now, to flip it back to the top here, Louisville NC State's a game I'm quite involved with here on both sides of the football. To start this off, I'm betting Brendan Armstrong's overpassing prop, 241.5. Did see a 240.5 up here, so you could probably still find a better number out there on Armstrong. Not a player that I love betting on, truly. He's not. He's not very good, Brendan Armstrong. He's not the guy that he was at UVA a couple of seasons ago. But the matchup is there. Let's take a look at this Louisville defense this season against legitimate quarterbacks. They played Murray State. I rem I'm removing that from the equation. Haynes King, 19 for 32, 313 yards passing, 9.8 yards per attempt through for three touchdowns. Thomas Castellanos of Boston College, 17 of 33, 265 yards passing, 8 yards per attempt, and three passing touchdowns. And then Taven Jackson has his most prolific day in his collegiate career, goes 23 for 34, 299 yards passing, 8.8 yards per attempt, and throws a touchdown pass. I thought about going for the Brendan Armstrong over one and a half passing touchdowns, 
But I thought if I really love that, then I'm going to have to like the team total. I'm going to have to like the over. I, I'm settling for the yards here on Brennan Armstrong. He has thrown for over 250-plus, two out of four games so far this season. It seems to be the way you need to attack Louisville here, and we should be able to get a workload in this football game with a high score for Brennan Armstrong to throw the football here. That has been the way to attack Louisville. Again, three Power 5 quarterbacks, and you're allowing all of them to throw for at least eight yards per attempt. Brennan Armstrong should have a day. But another guy who should have a day is Jawar Jordan. Now, 90-plus rushing yards, the juice is elevated. This was earlier minus 120. At last look, minus 144. So if you have to play over 93.5, 94.5 rushing yards, I'm not mad at that. But at the time, the 90-plus is what made sense for me, and that's where I was able to get involved. Jawar Jordan is, at the moment, the least talked about best running back in college football going. If you look at the players inside the top 10 rushing yards in college football, one stands out amongst the rest. Because inside the top 10, the player with the second fewest rush attempts is Malik Jackson with 77. Jawar Jordan is, has the ninth most rushing, rushing yards in college football on nine, on 50 carries. He has 27 less carries than the next closest man inside the top 10. Jawar Jordan is averaging 9.6 yards per rush. It is ridiculous. And he has consecutive games, closer games, tonight's a three-and-a-half-point line in favor of Louisville at NC State, consecutive games with 18 carries. 18 times five, five yards per carry, which would, again, be about half of what he's averaging. Well, that would be good for 90 rush yards. But Jawar Jordan tonight looks like a guy you might want to touch in the alt market because this, he has two carries this season already of 70 or more yards. And we've seen NC State allow Victor Rosa a 70-plus rush, and same for Audric Estime. So we've seen NC State be vulnerable to explosives on the ground. If you want to carry this a step further, I've seen odds on, on DraftKings, Doak Walker Award, 20-1 to for Jawar Jordan. There's a lot of people that think this Louisville team has juice to go above and beyond. And if Jordan can now get himself into a couple more competitive games, because he was getting under 10 carries a game in the first two weeks of football. They, were, they didn't use him a lot, very bizarrely, in their opening game against Georgia Tech, but they've started to use him a lot more. The workload increases at 20-1. to 1, He is going to be in the mix for the Doak Walker Award. I have him for 90-plus rushing yards. And the last college football bet I have, it's my favorite bet on tonight's board, it's Keaton Slovis, over 227.5 passing yards. Slovis threw the ball 51 times against Kansas. That's a bad Kansas defense. He did that because they can't run the football. So they have but no choice to throw, throw, throw on Cincinnati. And thank goodness, that is how you attack Cincinnati. Because the Bearcats are allowing opposing quarterbacks this season to throw for eight yards per pass. And you can say, well, hold on. That's, they played Dylan Gabriel. And? We saw Gabbert of Miami of Ohio throw for nearly 12 yards per pass, and I'm including the Filiar Kovic performance, and that's not a real quarterback these days. Keaton Slovis would need to throw the football less than 30 times if he were to average eight yards per pass to get over 227 and a half. But on the season, Keaton Slovis is averaging 7.2 yards per attempt. Well, if he is going to average his 7.2 bang season average, then he would need to throw the football 32 times which he has done in three out of four games. I love Edon Slovis over 227.5 passing. Major League Baseball tonight, the one spot I activated on the card is a raised team total over 3.5. Tonight's lineup has 77 career bats against Kikuchi, good for nearly a 300 batting average in that lineup. Kikuchi's been worse at home and has struggled against Tampa Bay this season. This is the fourth time the Rays lineup is going to see Kikuchi. Over those first three starts, his ERA checks in at a 5.40. This is a good spot to back Tampa Bay and their team total. The juice has been climbing, but those three and a halfs are still available at underneath minus 125. So get in while you still can. That's going to be one of the earlier games on tonight's baseball board. It is a packed, packed night here on Game Time Decisions. 
Mark Zinno is right around the corner to help us go through the baseball board and the college football, put an eye towards the weekend. Joe Lisi comes in, James Young, Coach Young, JY will be here to help us with the WNBA playoffs. And of course, we're going to have Dave Sharapan in a little bit later for in-game live setup, plus a look towards the weekend as well. It's a busy night. You made the right choice. It's getting time to see the back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. On everybody, a little game time decisions for you here on a Friday night. I'm your host, Kevin Walsh. Mark Zeno joins us here on a Friday. Mark, how are we feeling? It's a, another big weekend on the horizon, but there's certainly big action uh, tonight on the board as well. Yeah, uh, look, uh, you know, college football games are going to get hot and heavy here. Uh, last weekend we saw it. We got a little bit of a lull this weekend. We got a lot of big matchups next weekend, but. You know, there's plenty of value on the board, especially in college football. Tough baseball board, to say the least, in this final series with a lot of teams, nothing to play for. So uh, trying to find some spots here where there are still teams, you know, trying to put their best foot forward. And I I want to start with the baseball uh, board, Mark, just uh, because I'm sure a lot of people are super, super interested for college football and we'll get there. But if there's some opportunities on the baseball board, I want to try and carry people in that direction there. Uh, And I know there's two AL East teams that you're looking to take action on here with this baseball board. Yeah, I mean, let's start here with uh, with the Baltimore Orioles uh, as they clinched last night, and they'll take on the Red Sox tonight. Now, normally this is a spot where everybody wants to fade the Orioles, and I certainly understand it. You know, they were out celebrating last night. They won their 100 games. They're, they're celebrating the ALEs, and everyone thinks they're going to stink today. And typically that's true. But there are two things here that have me backing the Orioles here on the money line. Their starter, John Means, coming back from an injury, he's only made three starts. He might be the best overall pitcher in their rotation, but he's missed most of the year with an injury. I think they have every intention of using him in the playoffs. He needs more work to get himself postseason ready. So the Orioles have a buy into the ALDS, so he can pitch still on normal rest by pitching in this game here on this Friday and still don't have to worry about it. Um, his first three starts, he pitched to a 2.6 ERA and a 0.81 whip. Red Sox have the sixth highest strikeout rate on the road against lefties this month. I think Means can take advantage. And the other thing that talks me about the Red Sox is their bats. They're batting just 222 over the last 10 games. They've been outscored by 21 runs. In fact, Boston have only scored more than four runs just twice in their last 12 games. Their team ERA in their last 10 games, over five. Baltimore has a decided advantage in the bullpen. The Orioles are young. They'll still play with a lot of energy. If Means gets us a good start, then I think we're going to be okay here. I don't think this Orioles team lets up, lets their foot off the gas pedal whatsoever here. Uh, I think they are the Red Sox are a team that look like they've already quit. So uh, let's go with the Orioles here on the money line at a very cheap price. I think it makes a lot of sense as well. I th- like I know motivation in sports is always tough to tap mark, but maybe. None more difficult than in Major League Baseball. I just, it's so different. Like, I don't know, you miss a block in football. You don't play any defense in basketball. But when it comes to, like, what is John Means just going to groove a couple to Rafael Devers because they clinch a division? Like, that's not 
how baseball works, right? Like, is Santander going to get up there and just not put the bat off of his shoulders? I think what you're saying uh, certainly makes a ton of sense here. Uh, in terms of the late-night games, look, the biggest one on the board, eh, it's debatable, but one of the biggest is certainly Arizona and Houston here. Zach Allen's got the ball, and it looks like a pitch exchange, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't it supposed to be uh, yet earlier in the day, J.P. France for Houston? I'm not saying Urquidy, so I don't know if this is kind of moving around here a little bit for the Astros and in this game, but I'm sure that you're looking to get involved with Zach Gallon more so than anything on the other side of the story there for Houston. Yeah, no, 100%. And, I mean, Zach Gallon at home this year has been as much of a, you know, good thing as you could you could possibly get, right? Uh, Gallon has a 2.45 ERA at home. His whip is 1.01. Opposing hitters batting just 227 against him. I know his last two outings at home haven't been great, but I expect him to bounce back here. Why? His team needs to get one step closer to clinching a wild card spot. They need a win tonight. Gas uh, Gallon hasn't faced the Astros this season, but he's held this roster over the course of his career. The players on this roster to a 226 batting average against him. I think Gallon can get through the order once without giving up a run that should be enough to give him a chance. Now, in fairness here, the Astros bats have pounded left-handed pitching this month. Um, they lead the road. They lead the majors in batting average on the road this month. So it's been very, very good. Uh, it, it, I like if it's Arcini starting, I like it even better for Arizona. I think they're going to be able to score. This is an Arizona team that has been good with the bats at home this month. Fifth in batting average, top ten in OPS and WRC plus in September at home. Arizona's won seven of their last ten. They've outscored opponents by twenty-five runs over that span. Uh, I know that the Astros have a bullpen advantage here, so we're going to go first five and back Zach down right. and the D-backs to have a lead in the first five. And I also feel like this, by the way, you know, kind of points to some of the stuff that you've been telling us about why you're you're not a big believer in Houston, where it's like, ah, we shouldn't trust J.P. France. You know what? Let's upgrade and throw Jose Urquidy. It's like, well, hold on. Now, hold on a minute. Now, that, we're, we didn't just get any better. So, the, that Astros, it's interesting, though. It looks like they, they're going to bump Verlander up for that Saturday start there. So, I'm very curious to see how the Astros play this series overall. Last basketball, uh, baseball game I'm going to ask you about here. Uh, involves the San Diego Padres, who, again, I for me, maybe more than any team in baseball should be disappointed with how this all went. I'm not saying they're the only ones. The Yankees and the Mets obviously come to mind, but it's a San Diego group that just, it should have been much, much better than it was. They're going to see if they can fight to finish this season above 500. They're a favorite tonight. What do you see with San Diego taking a trip to play the Chicago White Sox? I mean, has there been anybody hotter than the San Diego Padres? Now, it might be a little bit too late for San Diego, mm -hmm. but they're 8-2 over their last 10 games. They're batting 293. They have a team ERA of 2.25. They've outscored opponents by 29 runs over the last 10 games. Uh, they start Nick Martinez tonight. Made his first start. Uh, I guess reliever, now converted starter. I don't know if it's had a necessity an injury, but made his first start last week. It was four innings. Doesn't allow a run. Um, and... I know Dylan Cease has been good at home as of late, but he's facing some pretty weak lineups in the Royals and uh, uh, a couple of other teams that, uh, that, you know, just don't hit the ball all that well. I, I think the Padres are still playing for something here. I, I think, you know, as long as they know if they win, they can keep themselves alive. Here's the big thing, too. Since they're playing the White Sox, and they are starting this game at 740 Eastern, guess what? None of the other teams that could eliminate them are playing until later. So when they kick this game off, as far as they know, they're still alive. So there's no reason for them to let their foot off the gas pedal. That's what the other thing I left in this handicap was the timing of this game. They played this game in San Diego. They theoretically could be eliminated by the time they make first pitch, and things might change. <laughs> so uh, there's still that motivation factor there for, for the Padres. The, the Padres are – like the fact that they did turn it on as well to show how good they, they truly are. Then there's the weird I mean, Kevin, thing. Kevin, here's the thing. Just go back to a start earlier this week that they lost and one of the two that they lost out of their last 10. Blake Snell goes seven innings, gives up one run, and they lose the game two to one. Like, that is why they they haven't won an extra inning game all year long. I think they've only won three one-run games all year long. Like, they have shot themselves in the foot not being able to win close games this year. Otherwise, their run differential and everything else about them tells you that they are a playoff team. 100%. The only teams with a better run differential in the National League, Braves and Dodgers. That's essentially what you thought it was going That's to be it. before the season started. So, again, it's a, it's a really good point, Mark. College football-wise, tonight, the big game, it comes from the Pac-12, Oregon State, Utah. This number is now climbing four and a half in favor of the Beavers. I don't know if that's money 
Maybe you have it in sight, but or if that's people being like, okay, now we know Cam Rising's not playing. Look, Utah's crazy. Cam Rising could start this game, quite frankly, with the way uh, they run things uh, with uh, that Utah program here. I back the Utes. You told me you're looking the other direction. Well, look, if Cam Rising was starting, I'd take the points. If I get some clarification in the next, oh, I don't know, couple hours here <laughs> that Cam Rising's going to yeah. play, I'll run to the window and bet Utah. If he's not going to play, I like Oregon State. I mean, I, I know that sounds kind of flip-flop and wishy-washy, but the fact of the matter is, is Cam Rising means that much to that offense. And this is a really good Oregon State defense, despite what we saw last week in that game against Wazoo. You know, they got behind, and this is a running team in Oregon State. They had to change their game plan. Um, they put up a little bit of a fight at the end there, uh, scoring a couple of late touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but the game was out of hand by then. Damian Martinez did not have his best game last week. Credit to, to Washington State for shutting him down, but I think he comes back with a vengeance. I know this is a physical front from Utah, but, you know, this is what they are used to. Styles make fights. You had Oregon State last week in a style that they couldn't play against a fast, up-paced, throwing team like Washington State. If Utah wants to muck it up, Oregon State's like, good, let's go. It's right up our alley here. We'll play defense with you. We'll run the ball with you, and, and we'll grind this thing out together. Home team in this series, 4-0 ATS, last four meetings. Corvallis, tough mm -hmm. place to play. If I don't get Cam Rising starting, let me DJU and Oregon State here to cover this very ugly number. And that's the other problem, too, here, Kevin, why I really am so hesitant to bet Oregon State, because I missed the best of the number. Like, it's hard to right. go there. And then the money line now has gotten so big that I can't even endorse laying 176, 180, whatever it may be, to just take Oregon State on the money line. So that's the other hard part about betting Oregon State. I I'd love to be able to get to the window. I just I can't convince myself that the price is right. And I don't want to bet a bad number when there was a better one out there. It's tough. Maybe Beeves live then, right? If if Utah can catch him yeah. by surprise, I don't think I don't think they would go away in this football game. Certainly, because again, I, I think Oregon State can win. I'm not sure they're able to cover this number. Uh, let me ask you before we let you go, these... Mark. What about a minute? Go yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say this is one of these games where that three and a half act that half is money. This is probably a field goal game. Yep, 100. I, I I totally agree. I just want to ask you this weekend. Any one game you're really keying in on college football-wise? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of them, actually. I mean, look, I think I think Georgia covers their first game against Auburn, first game of the year. Either that or take Auburn's team total under 15 and a half. Is, do we really believe mm -hmm. that Auburn, who couldn't score an offensive touchdown last week against A&M, all of a sudden is going to find the end zone twice against Georgia? How about no? That's not happening. So we can go there. Uh, I like Oregon in the first half over Stanford. Uh, they're just going to get out and run. Look, this is not a Stanford team that, that you know, can slow down Oregon at all. Uh, I, I think I heard Jaden Delores not playing for Arizona. Give me Washington in the first half as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and a sneaky play here in the SEC, Missouri Vanderbilt over 54 and a half. The best quarterback no one in the SEC is talking about, Brady Cook of Missouri. That's a great point there, Mark. We appreciate it as always. Wish you the best of luck. This weekend, we are running up against the break, though, here on a Friday night with Game Time Decisions. We'll be right back. Keep it locked on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. 
Game time decisions on a Friday night. I'm Kevin Walsh. I'm joined by Joe Lisi. You can catch him all over the Sports Grid Network. He'll be on college football today and pro football today this week. And Joe, I busted out maybe my Love best it. for you with the salmon. What do you think? I like it. I like it. Look at you. Yeah. Dapper it up for a big weekend in college football week five. I got to try and match that now on college football today, tomorrow. We'll see if I can do that. Uh, I know you'll have no problem. But I, I'll i tell you this. The pants are in transit. When I can, when I can put the full <laughs> deal together, it's going uh, to be a scene. Look, let's start with the big one for tonight. We'll do, we'll do tonight, and then we'll go to tomorrow in a little bit. Oregon State, Utah, this number is up to four and a half here. I, look, I probably, I don't know, should I or shouldn't I? I? There's two teams in college football I feel like I, I really don't like, and that would be Utah and Iowa. And I bet Iowa last weekend, and it was a total mess, and I can't believe I had to watch what they did. Utah's the other. I think the Utes are the side. I, I have the four. There's some four and a half. So it's transitioning back down. What do you think here in this ranked ranked game with Pac-12 action? Well, I think there's no doubt that right now a lot of money coming in on Oregon State, and part of the reason is I don't expect to see Cam rising tonight. It will be Nate Johnson. But we talked about it in terms of college football today and throughout the regular season, uh, Kevin, that Utah's typically not that strong of a road team since 2019. They're just 14-12 and 12 straight up on their road or on a neutral field site. That includes bowl games as well. So they struggled week two against a mediocre Baylor offense, got pushed to the limit, won that ball game by seven, but didn't cover the seven-and-a-half-point number. And now Oregon State coming off a loss. I think it's just typical on a Friday night that we're buying into the physicality of the Oregon State Beavers, and that's rightfully so. But you still got to give the edge to the secondary of Utah going up against DJU. And I still like Kyle Whittingham as an underdog in this spot. I still think they're potentially one of the best teams in the Pac-12. I think they pull out the victory later tonight. Look, I, I think the one, like, oh, there's no Cam Rising. I, yeah, but they're used to that. It's not like Cam Rising's played the first four weeks and now they have to adjust. Like, this is what they've been doing all season long, Joe. And I know you always love to talk, you know, you know, history of matchups and, and Utah's dominated in recent history. But specifically last year when they played Oregon State, they held Martinez and Fenwick to 67 yards on 20 combined carries. That is still the M.O. of this Oregon State team here. They're not looking to trust DJU to throw the football 30-plus times in this game. So even if Oregon State has some success on the ground, it's going to be hard for them to pull away from this number, at least. You would think. Now, I will say the matchup and where Dante Moore didn't challenge that defense was in terms of the RPO game. When you look at Utah, Kevin, in terms of the body of work over the last two or three seasons, Utah typically struggles with speed offenses. And what I mean by that is Caleb Williams. You look at DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson on the road last year in the Rose Bowl. The speed and athleticism at the quarterback position coupled with the running backs of Zach Charbonnet really put pressure on Utah. That opened up the play-action passing game. Oregon State is a team that's going to line it up. They're going to run it right down your throat, and that goes right into the strength of the Utah front seven. Now, I think in order for Oregon State to win this ballgame tonight, it's not DJU through the air. It's going to be on the ground. He needs to make some plays on the perimeter with his with his legs and with the rushing attack. I just don't know if he could do it. In a big spot, DJU has been very suspect throughout his career. I think this is a perfect scenario. I'm taking the dog. I do lean to the over, though. I think both teams are looked okay. at as conservative. Utah is going to go to win this game, Kev. They're pulling out all the stops. They're undefeated. They're under the radar. They're the Pac-12 champs. And at the end of the day, if they can get through this game, they do get a bye week, and then potentially Cam Rising could come back. So I'm taking Utah right. plus the points, money line, and over the 43 and a half. And, you know, I don't know how far they want to push this Cam thing, but if they can get this game tonight, it's not only a bye, it's at home against Cal coming out. I know you don't want to look past it, but – after that, it's USC, Oregon, Arizona State, Washington. So you're playing bait, arguably the three other teams that you're trying to challenge in a four-week run. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. The, the, the first game here is NC State, Louisville. Wolfpack are a home dog, three and a half mostly. Total's climbing a little bit here. I'm seeing 56 and a half at one spot. Everyone loves this Louisville 
team, Joe, 4-0 on the season. What do you think about the Cardinals and the Wolfpack? I think it's a tough place to play. Again, NC State, a much better home team than they are a road team. They struggle with Notre Dame, but it comes down to Brennan Armstrong. Now, he's got a high rushing total, 51 and a half. Louisville, a solid front seven. They're very good against the run, and they're lighting it up in terms of the passing game, but I like NC State here. Plus 150 on the money line. Again, Brennan Armstrong, inconsistent, but I think he gets it done in terms of the RPO game, catching out three and a half, like Dorn in the Wolfpack. Raleigh's a very difficult place to play, not buying into Louisville as a 4-0 undefeated team that potentially can challenge the likes of Florida State or some of the better teams in the ACC. I think they start falling off. Yeah, I'm on Brandon Armstrong over the 241.5 passing, and then Jawar Jordan run for 90 yards in this game. Louisville, so far, they do have something electric in Jordan. Also, I don't know if I want to call it a look-ahead spot because you're on the road, it's Friday night, it's, it's a big spot for Louisville, but Notre Dame is on deck, which is obviously always going to be a big game there. So, you got to, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I didn't touch, did you touch the total at all for NC State Louisville? I, I, didn't, no. I didn't have a good feel for it. What was it, 50 and a half, right? I, I thought it was pretty high. I mean, it, it can get there. Six and a half. When you look at the type of offense that Louisville runs, if they have success in terms of on the ground, and, and then that could open up, you know, the play-action passing game. But again, in Brennan Armstrong, a little inconsistent with the passing attack. Didn't think it was a good fit either for his transfer. I thought he would be a better fit, believe it or not, at a school like Notre Dame with those type of playmakers. But we'll see how it plays out. This is a must-win for NC State to get back into the mix. So I think they're a live dog tonight, but we lean to the under 50 and a half. All right, uh, let's do, did you do, um, you do anything UTEP, La Tech? I didn't touch that game. You over. want to go to BYU Cincy. I like the over, over in that okay. game. I think if there's an over tonight, it's La Tech and UTEP. UTEP likes to run the football. La Tech gave up 314 on the ground last week in the 28-14 loss. To Nebraska, they could be a little bit beaten up in the Sun Bowl. Crazy things happen, baby. Give me over 50 and a half in that ball game. All right, and then BYU Cincinnati. I'm on Keaton Slovis over 227 and a half passing. It's my favorite bet of these four games here on a Friday night. What are you doing with BYU and Cincy? Big 12. Well, now BYU, Feels weird yeah, to say. BYU is now a one and a half point favorite. They flipped from a dog to a favorite. Now I like Cincinnati. I don't care. I laid the one and a half last night. I like Emory Jones. I like Satterfield. Keep in mind, too, this is a road game, right? BYU coming off two games, Arkansas and Kansas, back-to-back road games. Potentially that front seven a little bit beat up. That's the strength of Cincinnati. They want to run it. They want to sustain drives, get into an ugly, lower-scoring type of game. And I think that benefits the Bearcats on the road. So I lean Cincinnati, like the under in that ballgame as well. All right, not bad. Let's talk a little weekend here early just to try and set the door for a couple people on uh, some key spots they need to be trying to track here. Uh, and one game, you know, Joe, everybody's excited for is USC Colorado. We're, of course, going to get into all of this, you know, tomorrow, college football today, 9 a.m. start time right here on Sports Grid. Myself, Joe Lisi, and Ben Stevens. The closer we get, I swear it's not a bit. I never don't do with this stuff. I actually think Colorado has a chance to win this football game. Am I crazy? No, I don't think I don't think you're nuts. I mean, I think I lean to if I had to pick this game, and I'm not betting it, but if I I mean I did bet it, but I'll tell you where, not aside. I do feel that Colorado potentially could be in this ball game in the second half. I do not look at USC as having one of the most dominant defensive fronts in the conference. I think that does belong to Washington, Utah, and Oregon, respectively, right? So if Drew Pine and Arizona State tacked on 28 on that defense, I do believe Shador Sanders and that offense can move the football to get him to 500 yards or 400 yards. I believe he's plus 480. He's got a ridiculous number. I think he's going to eat here. This isn't last week when he faced a dominant defensive front. I think the offensive line could hold up. It's an early kick. I think Colorado utilizes some tempo. And here's the other factor as well. It's on a national stage. It's off a loss. All the public perception is on Caleb. I think Caleb in that offense moves the football as well. But at the end of the day, love the over. It's up to, it got up to 74 and a half. They just bet it down to 72 and a half. I'm on the 73 and a half and 72 and a half. Don't be shocked if this game gets into the 80s. 80? Yeah, I, 
it makes a lot of sense. If it does get in the 80s, I think that means Colorado. Well, Colorado's not winning a game in the 80s. They're going to have to keep USC some level in check. I just, this to me is as much about Colorado kind of responding and bouncing back as it is. Lincoln used to give one away all the time, right, Joe, in Big 12 play? Usually, yep. you know, Iowa State, right, who's actually playing OU this week. I know it's weird because, like, who would look past Colorado? But what is it, a 10 a.m. kick out in Colorado? Is it, is it 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. kick? 10 a.m. It's, it's a 12 o'clock kick. Mountain time's two hours behind. Yeah. So it's 10 a.m. in Colorado. I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards, I like the Buffs clearly then, you know, if I think they can win the football game. I, they're, they're, they're jumping out off the page here a little bit for me. Let me ask you about these two teams. And I don't know if you're on either of these games yet, but one and two in the AP poll, one and two in the outright market. Georgia-Auburn, both once again, big favorites, laying over two touchdowns. They're doing it on the road in conference. Georgia minus 14 and a half at Auburn. Michigan minus 18 at Nebraska. Are you looking to bet either of those games? <laughs> you got to tune into college football today, but I'll tell you right now, in yeah. terms of how much I like them, Yes, but you see now, here we're in the middle, first half of the season, I look at the football aspect. Georgia has won six straight in the series, the last three by an average margin of victory of 25.6 points per game, won 42 to 10 last year. Why do I like Georgia? They're running the football, Kev. They're pounding the rock. 189 two weeks ago against South Carolina, 190 last week in the win against UAB. Why is that important? Because Auburn couldn't stop the run against an average offense in terms of the rushing attack for A&M. They allowed 6.3 yards per carry and 209 on the ground, and they only threw it for 56 yards. That's the way you have to challenge uh, Georgia over the top. I don't think they have the offense to do it. Lay in a short number. I'm laying it with the Bulldogs, and I know Michigan's undefeated. I know Michigan hasn't covered numbers, and I understand that. Mm. I think this is a very difficult place to play in terms of Memorial Stadium. I know Michigan will probably win the game, but I think Nebraska could give them all they can handle. 17-and-a-half-point dog. They've lost three straight in the series, but if they can run the football like they did last week, 314 on the ground, and play turnover-free football, they're going to be within that number. I like, I like Nebraska a lot. This is the Super Bowl. Erase everything that happened against Colorado yeah. and Minnesota. You have the number two ranked team coming to your house at 3.30. You better ball out. I like the Cornhuskers. Well, uh, we'll get into that, like you said, on college football today a lot more tomorrow. Here's the only will, – will tomorrow's outfit, combination suit, give us an idea of what you like in LSU Ole Miss? Or, or no. it won't have to do with that game? No, no, I already have it picked up. I, it's on the docket. Don't you worry. That's on right. the that is on the slate. But the best bet might surprise you. Listen, and that we will not spoil. That you have to tune into college football today. But it's not the end of Joe Lisa here on a game time decisions on a Friday night. Joe and I will be doing a little NFL talk at around seven twenty. Quick break. We're back right here on game time decisions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Um... 
All right, let's get after it here. What's the deal? We've got Coach James Young stepping up and in in just three minutes to break down the WNBA playoffs. We've got college football starting in two and a half minutes here. Let's get to an hour one best bet. Dwar Jordan, uh, 90 plus rushing yards. Um, this number, the juice has moved up 93 and a half, 94 and a half. I don't care. It's a big game tonight. I wish we were at the point where college football gave us over a longest rush. We'd be absolutely all over it. Jordan is averaging 9.6 yards per carry. It is ridiculous. He is the only running back in the top 10 who does not have at least 77 rush, 77 rush attempts. He has 50. He's going wild this season. He has multiple rushes of 70 or more yards, which is also something that NC State has allowed to happen multiple times this season. He pops a big one. A 50-yarder cuts this number in half right away, plus back-to-back -back games with 18 or more carries. He's averaging 9.6 per rush. If he averaged five per rush at, on 18 carries, that's 90 yards. So tonight, when Jordan, in a closer game against NC State, sees 20 attempts and averages nearly probably seven and a half yards per carry, he flies over this number tonight. We're also on the Brendan Armstrong in this football game, over 241 and a half passing yards. So get that on your card. This Louisville secondary has been abysmal. Haynes King, Taven Jackson, and Tom Castellanos all have averaged over more than eight yards per pass attempt against this defense, and we are going to see Brendan Armstrong throw it against them. And just to slip you the Major League Baseball bet as well, because that's coming up here. Ray's team total over three and a half. Kikuchi been worse at home. He's seen this Tampa Bay team three times already. The ERA is a 5-4-0 in those first three matchups. The lineup tonight, 23 for 77. Good for nearly 300 batting average as a group here. And a light number for a Tampa Bay team that goes to Toronto tonight and should still be able to hit Kikuchi. All right. Now, got a lot more coming up, though, including the WNBA playoffs. I need Brianna Stewart to have a big night. We'll see if Jay White thinks that is on the card. We're back in less than a minute on Game Time Decision. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.